The Diehard Eagles podcast on the Sports Gaming Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same game parlays to live in game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $100, and get a $100 free bet at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. We're also brought to you by the SGPN World Cup free roll, $250 cash, and a $250 gift card to the winner. Enter today exclusively on the SGPN app. Welcome, everyone, to the Diehard Eagles podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I'm your host, Sean Second Lonnie Green, with my fellow diehards, Rob and Justin. And the unthinkable happened. The Philadelphia Eagles lost to the Washington Commanders, 11-point favorites. They lost 32-21. to Kind of a disaster game. Everything went wrong. There was fumbles. There were horrible calls by the refs. I stand by the fact that there were horrible calls by the refs. I hate these people who are like, oh, you got to call that. No, you don't. You don't have to call that horrible Brandon Graham call at the end of the game. You don't have to call shit. You didn't call Dallas Goddard getting pulled down by his face mask, blowing his knee out, almost going to be out for the entire season going on IR. You don't have to call that. Just uh, everything that could go wrong went wrong. Not a lot of bright spots in the loss. We're going to get to that. But Justin, let's fire up the blame pie. Get me to a hundred percent breaking down who deserves how much blame for this loss. All right. Um, I, I think I'm going to say 10% goes to special teams just because they deserve it. They've kind of, uh, they haven't done anything, you know, extraordinary or not even less than uh, decent. I should say seem to mess up at some point. I mean, luckily Blankenship and the special teams was bailed out uh, by sweat later on with that um, strip sack, but um, that also the punt that took place, took extra time off the clock, screwed us up. The two yeah. That was morning. the other thing. Like, uh, yeah. you know, two Oh eight left. You just got to punt it out of bounds. You can't, let it roll off and let them eat the two minute warning. Like, how do you not just kick it out of bounds? Even if you give up some yards there, having the two minute warning is huge. Um, and then I'm going to say 45, 43% goes towards the defense. Um, I mean, you, you can't let them run the way that they did. Um, the adjustments that took place took way too long. I understand we only gave up six points in the second half and the blitzing increased in the second half as well. But, uh, I mean, you knew what to expect going into that game. We talked about it ahead of time. Um, you kind of saw the blueprint against us a little bit too, against the Texans. So you gotta be, uh, more prepared than what we were on the defensive side of the ball. Um, you should have been expecting to run the whole time and had a better game plan there. Um, in my opinion. And then uh, I would say, you know, even though the defense played so poorly and granted um, they're definitely need to make the most adjustments going into the future. If we're solely looking at this game and the, and the majority of the blame, 
I got to say the offensive side of the ball. I mean, you cannot fumble the ball three times, yeah. lose the turnover battle. Um, when you lose the turnover battle, the, uh, the team that wins it uh, wins 70% of the time. I mean, three fumbles uh, or three turnovers, four, I guess, if you want to count the one at the end of the game. But three there, I mean, the defense was able to actually get two for us, but we still lost the turnover battle. And then, uh, so I'd say 45% to the offense there if we're talking about this game. Uh, and then 2% to your mom, Sean. I'm going to give her 2% there. To even my, mom, my mom was checking in on the family thread going, uh, why are the Eagles so bad? Why aren't they going to win? What's happening here? Of course, my mom, my dad also blamed my mom historically. The one game she went to, we got destroyed in prime time. It was the end of the Chip Kelly era. My dad told my mom not to blame herself. And she's like, I'm not blaming myself. Tom. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, uh, to stick up for your mom, I think your dad said it like a couple dozen times. Yeah. Don't blame me. <laughs> Eventually. Don't blame she just blew well, up. <laughs> I was wondering where Jessa was going with this 43% uh, in there. <laughs> uh, Rob, what do you got? Break us down the blame plot, the blame pie. Who, who deserves the most? <laughs> How are we doing this? Yeah, so I think I'm like 99.6% on Jonathan Gannon. <laughs> um, That's a hell of a slice of pie. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, look, in all seriousness, I'm like... That's a funny visual. 65% on the defense. I honestly think Gannon had a horrible, horrible game plan. And this is what I've been scared of for the last few weeks. You guys tell me I'm crazy, yeah. that I'm too hard on him. But we've beat teams without good offenses, without good quarterbacks. And if someone comes at him with the right game plan, he does not adjust quickly. I mean, we blitzed. I think I saw somewhere we blitzed very low in the first half, like maybe 20% or something. We did pick it up in the second half, but it was too late. I think we blitzed Kurt Cousins more than Taylor than Heineke. I mean, Heineke's not some stud QB. Let's get some pressure on the guy. Let's stack the box. Let's make him throw and beat us. Um, How do you just let them run all over us? We're not making tackles. Guys are getting dragged around. I just think that his game plans are very stubborn. It's Jim Schwartz-esque where this is what we're going to do. We're going to do it no matter what. And I don't care what anyone else does. And a roadmap is now being created. And it's going to be interesting to see now going down the stretch, what are other teams going to do? I guarantee they're going to run against us. And the the thing is they weren't even getting like huge yards. I think they were getting like three and a half yards of carry or something, which was just enough. Um, But it's just, you know, and and we're getting underperformance from our defensive line. Um, You know, I, I haven't, you know, what's the guy we just quite traded for Quinn. Quinn, yeah, he has, yeah. Has, his, has his name even been called yet? I don't think so. Um, he does you know, have a Brandon, weird, uh, he does have a weird hobo vibe too. Like he wears a hoodie <laughs> underneath his uh, <laughs> underneath his shoulder pads. He's got like gray in his beard. He doesn't look Here. like a guy. You know, maybe he's hungry for a warm meal, but he doesn't look hungry to win a championship <laughs> right now. He kind of has that rocky vibe to him, though. He just needs the hat. I feel like, but yeah. <laughs> I know what you're yeah, saying. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's just like, you know, and Fletcher Cox hasn't done a thing. Yeah. Um, I think I saw somewhere he's like literally the 45th out of 66 graded yep. defensive tackle on PFF, yet he's making top 10 money. You know, honestly, it's probably looking like it was a mistake to bring him back this year. Um, we're just not getting the production. We clearly miss Jordan Davis. Um, but you know, overall, I just really think Gannon is not adjusting his scheme. He's not staying aggressive. I mean, look, 
I'm the kind of guy, if I'm going to lose, I want to go down swinging. I want to be aggressive. I want to go at the quarterback. I don't want to sit back in this soft zone, let teams pick us apart, let them run 10, 10, um, you know, yards against us. So that by far and away, it infuriated me. I think he had an awful game. I hope he bounces back, but you know, I think there's significant concern, concern down the stretch. And then I'm going to give, I'm going to give 10% to special teams. I think clay has done an absolute terrible yeah. job. It makes me appreciate FIP all those years because we did yeah. have solid special teams under him. I mean, We've now given up, you know, there was what a fake punt or field goal against one game earlier in the year. This game, they were There's not been good. two fake punts. Yeah, no. we've had two fake punts. Yeah. Jesus. And look, how is Covey, Covey, how is he still our return guy? <laughs> I mean, I have never seen a less impressive returner, and I'll give him credit. He does not turn the ball over. No. He's reliable and sure handed, but there has to be someone more dynamic to put back there. I, I really think we need to try someone else to have a little spark. Um, so special teams, I'm putting at 10%. And then the rest, um, all except for, I'll say, 3%, I'm going to put on the offense. I do not think it was a great game. And I actually don't think Hertz had a bad game. So I, I want to be clear, I'm not pinning this on Hertz. I, I won't yeah. say it was his best game, but I don't think it was his worst game. But I think the play calling left a lot to be desired. I mean, Miles Sanders had one run in the first half. How do yep. you call a game with one running play in the first half for a guy that, you know, has historically over the season averaged, uh, you know, I don't know what the number is, but a good amount of yards per yeah. carry with our He's offensive tenth now in yards, you know, especially when the Redskins kind of, or not the, uh, I apologize. The commanders came out and, you know, we're kind of punching us in the gut a little bit there. Um, you know, I, get the tempo of the game back, run it, Use Miles Sanders, open up the rest of the game. We didn't do it. It was too late. And then the turnovers, you know, you have to hold that against these guys. They're better than that. Quez Watkins on that one play was ridiculous. You know, the 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 Goddard one, I mean, I'm gonna give him a little bit of a pass because that was the most egregious face mask ever not to be called. Yeah, it's insane. Um, you know, I don't know how the refs missed that. Um, so overall, the offense just really did not play well. I don't think it was a good game plan. They didn't execute. They came in sloppy. Um, and then the last 3%, I think I'm going to put Justin in there. Um, <laughs> you know, in our group thread, he was a little confident about the team. Wow. And I think it I think it could have been a little bit of a jinx. So You mean um, I believed in the team? <laughs> I believed in the team? You oh, were a man. little too confident was... in the Vikings game uh, that, you know, we don't <laughs> care if the Vikings win because we're not going to lose. And, uh, you know, so I just got to, I, I just got to bust. <laughs> hey, you throw just a over that. Things got chippy. Yeah. In the, uh, Tell me. This was even before the, uh, before the Monday night game, Rob and Justin going at it. Justin was rooting for the Buffalo bills. His logic was, I don't know. He just does the Vikings. The Vikings. Right, yes. He was rooting against sorry, he was rooting against the um Bills and rooting for the Vikings. Justin, what was your logic there? You just find Josh Allen annoying and how the media is all over him. 
Oh, fine. I'm happy you asked because <laughs> nobody ever asked what any of my logic was. Uh, immediately, I just, I, the vitriol that came my way after I said, hey, you know what? I think I hope the Vikings win this game. Now, my logic at that point was just the, and I don't know if you guys watched like the, the game. I basically had on the TV and then would flip the red zone every now and then. But uh, the Bills just would not put them away. It was frustrating. It was annoying. And then I think they were up 13 um at one point and instead of going or what was it uh, i forget they were up 10 or and i think they would have gone up 13 if they kicked the field goal but they did one of those analytics things they need two yards for the first down but they're actually at the four yard, yard line for the touchdown and they try to go for the td and then allen throws a pick vikings run down 30 yards and it's just annoying it's like just put them away if that's the case and then vikings end up chipping away so then i'm annoyed i just text you guys you know hey uh i hope the vikings win they're <laughs> it's the end of the game they're losing at this point and they're yeah. about to make that last ending drive and then uh yeah then then i uh get bombarded with <laughs> you're stupid and and things like that i call uh, justin that must rob have- and i are very mature and i call rob <laughs> annoying i think at one point Oh, so, you know, I, it's like a fifth grade. I threw in a, uh, a popcorn uh, emoji at one point, just <laughs> back, eating my popcorn, watching the show go off, get a little chirpy. Yeah. I mean, I get it. It was annoying. They couldn't put him away. And then Justin used his historical powers to get jo- uh, Josh Allen to drop the snap. I'll say this. It is annoying. <laughs> it is annoying that Josh Allen, like any other quarterback, if, if Kirk Cousins fumbled the ball away on his own one yard line and then threw an interception in overtime, a second red zone interception, he would never hear the end of it. I Josh Allen gets a complete pass. Yeah. It's crazy. The, I, I like the guy overall and he's fun to watch, but he's getting a complete pass. And he he shit the bed against the Jets, too. I, I don't get why he gets such a pass. Sorry, well, two other things record, as yeah. well. Josh, uh, Josh Allen has single-handedly carried my fantasy team. So uh, <laughs> him and Diggs, I have both of them. So uh, I definitely have a soft spot and look, I think the bills are a fun fan base, but look at the end of the day, it absolutely would have been better for the Eagles. If the Vikings had lost that game. Yeah. I don't think anybody's denying it. Um, what was I going to say? Two other things. I hated the fact that the bills got cute and we're like trying to hide Allen's injury and whether he was going to practice. Did you see him like running yeah, away when the media came in? That was super lame. Um, the other thing too, is that, you know, if the bills, then they lost granted, they lost to the jets the week prior, but still even losing to the jets, people were still questioning how good the Eagles were. This all became a, a moot point once the Eagles <laughs> lost to the commanders, but at the time it made sense. So all right, here's my place. I believe in my team. I thought we were going to go undefeated at the time. You non-believers then ended uh, up chasing them, and that it, hey, we it got the, we got the loss out of the way. Last time the Eagles started eight and one, I think you guys remember the year 2017. All right, here's my blame pie. 30% to Gannon. Again, just super soft game plan, refusing to adjust. When he does adjust, it's way too late. 30%, I think, deserves to be on the defensive players. I mean, Fletcher Cox is just a complete whiff, not getting any push up front. I thought uh, Darius Slay had a really bad game. I mean, Terry, you know, scary Terry just ate his lunch. It's like, dude. You know, we're paying like a top cornerback and he's had a pretty good season overall, but just didn't see that at all. And then just kind of sloppy, lazy tackling like the the front seven was just getting pushed around for the majority of the game and they just couldn't get off the field. So I think, you know, it's a for me, it's a split 
That 60% is Gannon and the defense 50, 50, 20% on the offense. Obviously, you know, Quez Watkins deserves a decent chunk of blame there. I, I think the offensive line has just not kind of been dominating like they have been. I think uh Hertz played a, I don't know, I say good, pretty good. Not certainly not his best game. I didn't like that. Um, one of their last drives, I felt like on third down, he panicked a little bit and tried to scramble when he should have sat in the pocket a little bit more, waited for something to come up. But I mean, that deep ball, he threw to AJ Brown that went right through the defender's hands, right in AJ Brown and AJ Brown got out muscled for that ball. I mean, that doesn't happen a ton. AJ Brown, I don't know, did tweaked his ankle. It doesn't seem super serious, but one catch for seven yards, he's got to do better there. And then, uh, yeah, just a just a little bit of the sloppiness in general. But clearly, this was this was mostly just the defense not getting being able to get off the field because I feel like the offense for the most part moved the ball, and some of those turnovers felt a little bit fluky. Five uh, percent of the blame on the refs. The refs, I mean, they were they were horrible like that, that late hit on CJ GJ, which we haven't talked about where he was inbound. I mean, Mm. when you have the, the TV ref saying like reciting against the actual refs in personal foul penalties, that's when, you know, it's egregious. Obviously the Goddard uh, pulled down. I even thought, you know, that offensive PI that they called on uh, Jahan Dotson, I, I actually thought was a bad call as well, but you know, they were Oh, for three on 15 yard penalties against us. Uh, that's just brutal. And then I, I think the, you know, fans, I, I think actually deserve a little bit of the blame. I'm going to say three, I'm going to say 2% on the fans. Just didn't feel like the link was really rocking. Didn't feel like, uh, you know, we did enough as fans. I was maybe a hair late to put on the chain. You know, there's a lot we could go back and look at and, and, you know, we need to, we're, we're moving on to, to Indianapolis. So we need to figure out what we did wrong. The last 3% uh, belongs to Zach Pascal, who did a Jersey swap with Taylor Heineke. Um, granted that, that occurred after the game, but I still feel like the fact that he was thinking about, oh man, can't wait to get a sweet Taylor Heineke jersey <laughs> after the game. And we were discussing it in the group chat of like, if you walked into someone's house and they had a Taylor Heineke Jersey framed on their wall, your first thought would be like, Oh, are you related to Taylor Heineke? Like what, <laughs> what's going on here? It clearly, he, <laughs> yeah, I, I assume you have some close connection to him, um, <laughs> but it's just Zach Pascal. What are you doing, buddy? That's Bush league is the guys in the division. It's one thing if it's like some Hall of Fame quarterback in a non-conference game, but you're 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 gonna treasure your Taylor Heineke jersey. It's Taylor Heineke. All right, uh, let's get to it. We're gonna move on to just season stuff in general, but a couple other nuggets worth hitting on, and you know, kind of just what we saw. I mean, Commanders twelve for twenty-one on third downs, and they had started out red hot. I mean, they were on pace to set the third down conversion record. And then the rushing yards, they allowed 144 yards to the Steelers, 168 to Houston and 152 last night. Um, First time in a season, they've allowed more than 140 rushing yards in three straight games. I I think, you know, we're seeing the difference with Jordan Davis with and without uh, him being on the field, 3.87 yards per carry with him on the field, 5.1 without. So this guy cannot get back fast enough. And some of it, I think we can fix with scheme. I, you know, losing Jordan Davis is one thing, but to Rob's critique and Justin's, you know, shitting on Gannon, rightfully so 
it, it, some of it, you can really, you, you go to that five man front, you bring the linebackers up. Um, it's not rocket science. All right. Yeah. Sean, I, but, uh, Sean let me just ask, yeah. how are you feeling about that big extension that you just gave Gannon last week? <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I am regretting it a little bit. I thought he would adjust. He was too slow to adjust. They do continue to create turnovers in the scheme that he's giving them. But yeah, this was certainly um, a, a bad game for Cannon. I'm not, I saw a poll that said 40%. It was like a talk radio and, and it was like 55, 45 on whether we should fire Jonathan Cannon. It's like <laughs> guys, we're eight one. I mean, I'm really pissed too, but we are eight one. It would be kind of crazy to fire him midweek here. Uh, Justin, what were you saying? I, I do just want to say, I mean, it, it. yes, Jordan Davis helps, you know, stop the run for us, but uh, I, he's not the magic bullet by any means. Oh, the yeah. adjustments do need to be made. I mean, he's, I don't even think he's played 25% of the snaps in the game yet, or I think he's played less than 30 in every game so far. So yeah, he's great for like the goal line, the red zone. And, you know, even in like first down situations or even second down where they're mainly going to run in certain situations, but he, he's not there yet. He's not an every down guy. So to think that he's going to come back and everything's going to magically be good in the run game is, is not the case. Um, it does, it does weigh heavily on Gannon to make the adjustments with and without Davis in the lineup. Yeah. And, and obviously dealing with the injury stuff, Dallas Goddard, uh, he is on IR. It doesn't sound like it's season any, it's a shoulder thing. It's probably right in that like four to five week thing. So hopefully he, we get him back towards the tail end of the play or end of the regular season. And, and ideally have him back for the playoffs, but Rob, what do you, what do you think we're going to miss the most out of Goddard or in a weird way, does this solve some of the problems with the offense? Because again, I think there is a little bit of an issue of like trying to feed everyone and, and, you know, get the ball to everyone, make sure Devonta Smith gets his touches, make sure Miles Sanders gets his touches. I do think we, we struggle at times with too many mouths to feed it. Could this be a blessing in disguise or am I too optimistic? No, you're too optimistic. But um, first of all, is he officially on IR? I don't know that I I saw that he was officially put on IR yet. Um, I'll confirm my sources. But yeah, I see, I, there's one that says he's on IR. Yeah, okay. uh, NFL.com. I, I see one. You know, but here's the I, thing. I, IR him. just I, means four weeks right now. So yeah, no, I get that. Um, I I think the problem with him is he is he's different than our wide receivers, right? He's the guy that opens up that middle of the field. He gives us that toughness over the middle. We've had such good success with those kind of like tight end screens with him too. Yeah, I think brings a different dynamic to the offense versus our wide receivers. Now, do I think we can be okay? Do I think we can adjust without him? Yeah, I do. And and honestly, Jack Stoll has made a couple nice catches here and there. Yeah. Um. So hopefully he can continue to do so. Um, but don't get me wrong. This is a big loss to the offense. I mean, taking him out of the middle, teams can kind of focus on the on the corners a little more, on the wide receivers. Um, I, I just think it takes away that little screen, the yards after the catch. So, you know, look, I, I, I think we can get through these four games if that's what it is. But, you know, any time Goddard's not playing, I think it's not a good thing for us, clearly. Yeah. Justin, any, any Goddard takeaways? It seems no, like I mean, just the, it's, Cole, yeah, maybe Tyree Jackson gets involved if he's okay. 
Calcaterra, maybe with the hands at least. Um, yeah. See some stuff from him, hopefully. Uh, but yeah, no, I think it's actually it's. I think it's big. It's, I think it's real big. I think he's, you know, probably a top five tight end in the league yeah. at this point. Um, he has the ability. I think as Rob just pointed out to block and 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 uh, get things going for us. I mean, he's he's great too with the the tight end screen. Um, hopefully they can fill that void. Uh, it will be difficult though, because uh, it's just another tool in the tool belt for us. Luckily, we do have the weapons that we do at this point. Taking a quick break to talk about Win Bet. That's right, Bet Big. Win bigger over on Win Bet, New Jersey. You know there's a lot of Birds fans there. Hey, right now the Eagles laying six and a half against the Colts. You gotta like that bounce back spot if you're a Birds fan. And I know you are. That's why you're listening to the Dired Eagles podcast. Of course, the Win Bet Win Hour, five to six p.m. East every uh, week. Get some bonus odds, uh, a.k.a. reduced juice. They got you covered there. And, of course, the Winbet Casino for New Jersey residents. 100% deposit bonus up to $1,000. So much to gamble on. All you got to do is go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know he sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-I-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Offer subject to change terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where play through winbet is available. If you're somebody who knows a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And of course, make sure to check out a World Cup contest. Again, $250 cash and a $250 gift card to the winner. Get that in the app. And of course, the merch store. Got to get you some diehard Eagles gear. Plenty of great stuff over there. And of course, use the promo code Dallas sucks for 10% off over in the merch store. Store.sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Promo code Dallas sucks. And we're back on the diehard Eagles podcast. Now, not to uh, not to get everyone all worked up, but big game this week uh, at a, at a, you know, not being the Eagles, but big game for the division standings, the playoff standings. The Dallas Cowboys head to Minnesota where they're actually a one and a half point favorite over on sports gambling podcast.com slash win bet. I, I was uh, talking to Rob on the phone. We were debating Rob seemed to have a strong take, but Justin, what are you doing? Are you, are you rooting for the Cowboys or your Vikings here? I feel like you could make a good case for either. I think in some ways it's nice. Cause obviously either whoever wins, I'm somewhat excited. I but I really can't root for the Cowboys. I'm torn. What? Who are you rooting for in this game, Justin? I, I got to root for the Vikings in this game. Uh, I understand, you know, the tie taking place and where we're at with them. And, you know, same records, I guess you would say. But uh, I, I got to just get Cowboys out of our lives, out of our rearview mirrors. I'll feel better about that. And then can worry about the Vikings a few weeks later, if that's the case, if if we're still neck and neck here um, for the best record in the NFC. But until then, um, we got to make sure division secure first and foremost. Um, and it, most importantly, it's the Cowboys. And I just can't see myself rooting for them in just about any scenario. Rob, I feel like you're on the opposite side. Yeah. I mean, look, the, the Vikings are seven and one, uh, same record is seven, one, eight and one, whatever it is. Same record as us. Um, you know, I don't know. I'm trying to pull up here as, as we're talking their the rest of their, uh, schedule. And here we go. They, they have a pretty play, soft schedule. I mean, they're yeah, so they play the Cowboys, the Patriots, Jets, Lions, Colts, Giants, Packers, and Bears. So, 
I mean, you look at that schedule down the stretch, there's really no guaranteed tough game there. I mean, they could certainly drop one, but they could easily run the table too. I honestly think this Cowboys game might be the hardest game they have left. So I'm rooting for the Cowboys. Um, The Cowboys have three losses. The Vikings have one. We want that home field advantage. That is Um, huge. I I hate it. I don't ever want to root for the Cowboys, but in this instance, I have to have the Eagles' best interest interest in mind. Uh, and I think a Cowboys win is better for us. It gets the Vikings to two losses. The Cowboys will still have three, uh, and we'll be sitting at one, assuming that you know obviously we can win this week. And I'm just looking at the Cowboys' schedule. They likewise have uh, Giants, Colts, Texans, Jaguars, Eagles, which is a tough game. Uh, Titans and commanders. So, you know, they could, you know, other than playing us as well, you know, they could easily win the rest of their games. And I think the game, you know, us going there on Christmas Eve is not going to be an easy game for either team. So, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm going for the Cowboys this week. I think it's better for us long-term in this season. Yeah. I mean, logically you make a good case for why we should root for the Cowboys. But this is the diehard Eagles podcast. I'm not rooting for any Cowboys. Screw them. Uh, I'm rooting for the Vikings. But it's nice to know that whoever loses, I'm going to be excited and have something to be positive about. Speaking of positivity, maybe they'll tie. That actually would <laughs> that be, would be good. perfect. Um, an ideal situation for me, you know, something moving positive going forward is that. I, I still thought Jalen looked pretty good. And I, you could also make a case that like literally everything went wrong, refs, fumbles, injuries, and we were still in that game and had a chance to win. So as bad as it is, we still are eight and one. Um, but I, I'm just going to be positive that Jalen hurts. That's one positive thing I'm taking away for the rest of the season. Justin, what's your one positive before we get to the Colts game? I think you hit the number one there with Jalen. I mean, he's still kind of on the night and, you know, those two deep passes, if they're caught, it's good. He looks amazing. Right. Um, It's unfortunate what took place. I guess if I had to name something else uh, as bad as the defense played, they still did get two takeaways. That is something that I think is a, a bit overlooked. The fact that, you know, able to get it away from Heineke there in the beginning with the, the sack fumble. Right. And then uh, CJ GJ, man, uh, I can't be overlooked. Sixth interception. Now I think Am I Dude, wrong he's playing that? great. Uh, uh, so, I mean, uh, isn't that a huge takeaway? The guy moved to safety for, uh, this season. He's able to do what he's been able to do for us. So it's pretty awesome. Uh, Rob, what about you? One, one positive moving forward. Yeah, uh, from this game specifically, or just on the season? Yeah, just something to something to look forward to for the season. Uh, I mean, I, I'm with you, Sean. I, I think it's Jalen. Uh, he's he's clearly outperformed anything, but I, I mean, it's Jalen. The story of the season so far, quite honestly, is Jalen and AJ Brown. It's the two of them. Um, AJ Brown certainly didn't have a great game last game, but overall, it's hard to uh, you know deny what he's done this year. So just just the seeing those two on offense has been my highlight and the positive going forward. Yeah. All right, let's get to it. Let's talk about the Indianapolis Colts keys to winning the game for the defense. I mean, obviously it's stopping Jonathan Taylor, right? Like he is, he had a good game against the Raiders. He's back. He's healthy besides slowing down JT JP. What do the Eagles defense have to do? 
I don't know. I'm not going to go much further than that. I mean, the run game is going to be the number one concern, as you just pointed out. Yeah, there. you want to be able to stop Matt Ryan, who seems to be starting now, right? Um, and what he's been able to do, you can certainly rattle him, but you got to be able to get a bit of pressure on him. Um, so I guess that's step number two is obviously first stop the run, but then, you know, get pressure on him. Uh, he's not a guy you're going to be able to play zone in. He is a veteran quarterback. Um, so I, I don't think any of that's going to work against him. So you're going to have to mix it up. And uh, as we pointed out, you can't have that slow start on defense. You got to be able to take it to him immediately. Rob, is there anyone besides Jonathan Taylor that can kill us on offense? You know, I don't think so. And I'm, I'm just trying to think back. I mean, I think historically uh, going back to the Falcons days, the Eagles have played pretty well against Matt Ryan. I mean, I think he's kind of the, the quarterback that you can bring pressure on and, and, you know, can he beat the blitz? Yes, but he's also not the most mobile guy. And I think you can get to him. And if you can rattle him in the pocket, uh, you can force him to make a couple mistakes, have a turnover or two. So, um, you know, I would say that's that's aside from Jonathan Taylor. I, I think we should bring a little pressure, make him uncomfortable in the pocket because he's not the elusive kind of runner, uh, you know, like some other quarterbacks today. So, you know, hopefully our guys can get a little pressure on him and, and get a few sacks. I love that his 39 yard scramble last week was like top <laughs> news in the NFL. Yeah. <laughs> it, well, it blew everyone's, it blew everyone's <laughs> mind. Uh, Matt Ryan, four and five as a starter against the Eagles. Uh, 58% completion percentage, 17 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. So yeah, he's never, I don't, I don't really remember off the top of my head, any games where he really went off uh, as far as keys to the game on offense. I think, um, uh, you know, there's a lot that needs to be worked on uh, ball security being an obvious one, but I'm going to say, get miles going, get him early and often. I think uh, I think Rob, you hit a good point there with the one carry in the first half, and he was running hard. I thought, you know, as far as guys who had good games, him and Jalen, I think had solid games, and it gives us a chance to like establish our will offensively. So, I'm going to say getting uh, Miles going is a big key to the game. Rob, what about you? What are we going to do on offense? Yeah, I mean, I want to say something else to just not be repetitive, but I absolutely think coming off the game that we had last week, you got to start with the run, establish the run, get miles going, and then branch out and, and open up the rest of the offense. Hopefully it opens up some opportunities downfield, get A.J. Brown involved. But it, it absolutely, we, we need to come out. I want to see him have at least, you know, 10 touches in the first half to really get going. Justin? Yeah, I, I'm with you guys. I mean, I said it last week. I even put money on it. I thought Miles was going to have a big game. Uh, I, I put, I thought he was going to have a, over 100 yards. Unfortunately, apparently it wasn't in the game plan for what we had. And I think if it had been, you would have seen a different outcome. Um, but, yeah, get him going. Uh, you definitely have to mix it up more. And not even just to get him in the game plan, but, you see what's happening with the defense and if they're going to keep letting long drives happen, which they shouldn't, um, you do have to mix it up a little bit more than on offense so that you, they can have a little bit of rest on the other side of the field there or when they're off the field. So mix them in. Yeah. And, and again, that was the other benefit, like you said, for miles Sanders, keeping our, you know, giving our defense a chance to breathe, which they really obviously needed. All right, let's break it down. Who is going to be, the Eagles player of the game. What will the final score be? 
I'll start it out. I'll say Eagles 28 to 17 and I'll say AJ Brown, AJ Brown in a bounce back spot. I know we just talked about miles, but man, one catch for seven yards. This guy's a, he's a beast. He is unguardable. And uh, I predict he's going to bounce back in a big way right now. WinBet has the spread as the Eagles six and a half point road favorites. The line dropped. I think it was like seven and a half, eight uh, before the game. So getting some good value there. Minus six and a half, Justin, what is the final score and who is your Eagles player of the game? I think it's 38. I'm sorry, not 38, 32, 21. Um, I I think we're going to have a run game going. I'm going to pick Miles again for the second week in a row, kind of based on what we just said and the fact that I don't think we utilized him enough. Uh, The other thing I did want to say with offense, though, is the offense does need to come to play, especially in the second half. One of the concerns that we've had as well is that they've had slow second halves, and you saw it last week. We scored seven points in the second half. We need to do more. Um, hopefully it takes place this game. So Rob, what about you? I'm going to say, uh, 24 to 17. Uh, I think they bounce back, but uh, I do think, you know, Jonathan Taylor gives us a little trouble on defense. Um, I'm going to say the player of the game is going to be Hassan Reddick. I think he's going to have two sacks. Uh, oh, and nice. force a fumble on Matt Ryan. Yeah, Matt Ryan is a uh, he's a statue back there. He's what we call a lawn chair in the business. So getting some strip sacks on him and that guy, he really has some moments where he completely unravels. I think we're playing the Colts at the best time because they got that one game bump of like, hey, we're gonna do it for Jeff Saturday. Show people we're not a joke. And now you face a hungry team coming off an embarrassing loss on Monday night. Let's go birds. Hey, give us a follow on Twitter at diehard Eagles 52. Uh, grab some diehard Eagles gear in the SGPN merch store. 10% off when you use the promo code Dallas sucks for the diehard Eagles podcast. I'm Sean second, the money green for Rob for Justin go birds, go birds, go birds.